You are listening to us, Unscripted Stories, brought to you by Northwestern University's Multicultural Student Affairs. We are recording at the traditional homelands of the people of the Council of Three Fires, the Ojibwe, Potawatomi, and Adawa, as well as the Menominee, Miami, and Ho-Chunk Nations. Welcome, my name is Saeed, and today we are joined by Emmanuel Lopez and Deanna Downing, two of the four graduate assistants working with MSA. Hey y'all, this is Deanna Downing. She, her, her is excited to be here. Hi, my name is Emmanuel Lopez, he, him, his. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you both for joining me. So now Deanna is going to share her story of what brought her to Northwestern and how her identities influence her experiences. So I would start by saying that I'm definitely an East Coast girl, born and raised in Washington, D.C., and lived most of my life in the Maryland area. A few years ago, I moved to Indianapolis, Indiana, um, where I had the privilege of actually working at the University of Indianapolis as a career advisor. So I would say that how I've come to Northwestern really was informed by my work advising the black student groups on that campus. I really say that I like to help people find their passion, their purpose, and their shine. So coming to Northwestern was a really great decision for me um, because I didn't want to go too far away from higher education. Additionally, I'm in the process of becoming an ordained minister, which some of you all might not know. And I'm actually a graduate student at Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. And I'm really interested in seeing how students navigate all of the transitions and things that happen while they're in college. How would you say that your experiences have shaped your approach to your work at Northwestern? Being at the University of Indianapolis really helped me to see where some of the gaps were as far as student experiences, especially those from marginalized identities. Being a first-gen student, I could definitely see myself in what I like to call all my babies. I could relate. My office was basically the hangout spot, so there was no temporary black house or an MCC on our campus. So coming to Northwestern, I really saw the opportunities that students have to engage with folks in their communities and really how they advocate for themselves to gain more experiences. Being able to identify personally between staff and students is really important. Can you can you speak a little bit more to how your specific identities inform the importance of that experience for you? Absolutely. Um, So I had the privilege of attending an HBCU, a historically black college and university. I am a proud firebird of the University of the District of Columbia in D.C. And the beauty was everybody looked like me. I didn't have a class where I didn't have a professor or didn't see a staff member who didn't identify as black or as a person of color. So coming to the University of Indianapolis first was my experience at a PWI where I understood that my students were looking for me, literally and figuratively. Having somebody that they could look up to, having someone that looked like them who could, again, relate to the experiences, um, and also just to kind of create a safe space for them to just be who they are. My thing is being authentic, open and honest and being true to myself in whatever um, experience that I'm having. So that's how I was able to really relate to my students. And that's really continued on here at Northwestern, like the relationships that I'm building. They're really meaningful. Everybody just holds a little piece of my heart in that way. You've already had so many valuable experiences. Ultimately, where do you see yourself after finishing your graduate program? Yeah, so um, my degree program is the Master of Divinity. Um, I definitely see myself staying in higher education. The role here at Northwestern has really helped me to see what other opportunities within student affairs might be possible. 
I was leaning more towards university chaplaincy, religious and spiritual life. One of the things that I'm really interested in is pastoral care and counseling. But I definitely see the value in working in multicultural student affairs, leadership development as well, um, because I think there's a, a certain aspect to that when working with multiple communities of color and marginalized identities as far as how we do things. I had great mentors. I know that that really helped me to be who I am today. It shaped how I thought about the world. So what I see, mentorship is literally my ministry. And it's also helping me to see how to move things forward, even in my next steps. This is essentially a third career for me. So it's really exciting to see what the possibilities are. These questions that I have from a theological perspective are also probably going to inform a doctoral degree. So I definitely see myself moving forward in a PhD program, certification as a chaplain, and hopefully teaching at the college level as well. Okay, Dr. Downing. Yes, <laughs> Reverend Doctor. Ooh, Reverend Doctor. Reverend yes. Doctor Downing. Yes. I don't know if there's anything to follow that I, up. I, I have a question. I think um, oftentimes um, how to balance a master's degree mm-hmm. and also wellness is not talked about in our communities. Could you talk a little bit more about how you're balancing it now? Absolutely. So I am the self-care queen. <laughs> I can't show up as my best self. I can't show up as my authentic self if I am pouring from an empty cup. So I'm always trying to pour into people as far as what I'm giving, um, but understanding that I have to fill my own cup. And that's a space where that means, you know, meditation practices, in prayer, journaling, walking out to enjoy just a beautiful day. Um, I am vitamin D deficient. So it's something that is like small steps um, because I think that once you have a full cup, Everything that's overflowing is actually for other people. It's not to get to the point of being halfway filled um, or getting to where your like deposit is low. You need to always try to find ways to fill your cup. That was a great answer. Yeah, and for me as a as an undergraduate student, I feel like that's really important to hear from staff and people who are further along because self-care is a very like common topic, but the way that it is demonstrated right. on college campuses does not always match up. The expectations that are put on people do not align with being your fullest self. So to hear that from you in your third career, I think is really valuable. And I I really want to emphasize being able to identify when your cup is low. I think that in an environment like Northwestern and other college campuses, it is this desire to overachieve. Everybody here is probably type A++ like myself. And those little things can take away from making sure you're getting to class on time, but getting sleep, eating. Naps are everything. Like I live by a good nap um, because you're basically just trying to get to your next thing, but you have to also be able to slow down enough to say, I'm not at my best and how can I fill my cup in that moment? 's the best piece of advice you could give to a student who's potentially considering a graduate degree it always comes down to what makes you happy 
we chase after degrees and certificates for other people many times. We chase after these goals and dreams so other folks can live vicariously through us. But ultimately, we're the ones that have to walk out whatever dream, whatever passion that is. That's why I say I, I really want to know what makes you shine. What is your unicorns and glitter? I'm the queen of unicorns and glitter. And I just want to know what do you feel so passionate about that maybe it keeps you up at night? but still take a nap. But what are the things that are also going to continue to fuel your work in the future? I went after a nonprofit and organizational development degree because my, I worked in the nonprofit sector and understood that having an administrative background was going to be meaningful in my work. And now the Master of Divinity program really will help to inform my work. Diana, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Emmanuel is going to share what brought them to Northwestern and their experiences with identity. You sure? So I'll talk a little bit about my story here. Um, I was born in Harvey, Illinois, which is not the best places to grow up in, but I think it's important to own our story, right? And that's why I think um, I'm definitely going to start it there. I am the oldest of four boys. I'm very fortunate to have great parents. My position here at Northwestern, I, I think I'm here because I had great parenting. They didn't put me on financially, but they put me on emotionally. They gave me tremendous perspective. One thing that I think they did really well is that they would always overreact whenever I'd perform well academically. I sought that uh, emotion from them to the point that eventually I got that seed within myself and I developed that skill to achieve academic excellence. I um, was a great student in high school, transferred to a community college. It just fell into it. And then during my first semester, my parents went into a deep depression, specifically my dad. He lost his job and eventually, uh, you know, he went into a three-month depression, which was really hard on us. But I ultimately, from that experience, I was able to really taste what it felt like to give up on your dream. You know, that empty feeling I tasted and I had convinced myself that I am giving up my dreams so that my younger brothers could pursue theirs. But by the grace of God, I was given another opportunity. When I was given that opportunity again, I knew that I was not going to take it for granted. So from that point on, I, I went back to community college, took as many leadership positions as I could, became student body president, graduated on stage, transferred to Indiana University Northwest, continued in being involved at different capacities. I graduated again, and now I'm at Northeastern Illinois University pursuing my third degree, a Master's of Arts in Educational Leadership, and I'll be graduating for my third time in May. And I, and I say that story because I, I I want to inspire students of color to tell them that nothing's impossible. I watched my mom who came to this country with nothing, no, didn't speak the language, taught herself English and sign language. Who is anyone to tell me what is and is not possible, right? I am extremely grounded in gratitude, but it was because of my great, great parents. That's a little bit of my story. So Manny, I love the fact that you um, went to your parents' story as well, because I think that so many of us carry those folks with us wherever we go. How can students really ground themselves in gratitude? I think each student has different ways of doing that. When I looked at my parents and how hard they worked, my dad, you know, who um, we know, we never made a lot of money. My parents, you know, we never made a lot of money, but um, he would work, you know, six days out of the week, wake up super early and never complain. And say with my mom, you know, work hard and not get paid the best, but, but never complain. And then here I am, you know, having a chance to pursue education. The point in history that we are in, in, in the United States, where not too long ago, we couldn't go to college. People forget the activism in 1960s is the reason we're able to pursue specifically women, people of color, that we're able to even pursue an education. So I think, I think of all that and that there's plenty of, uh, of reasons why students could be grounded in gratitude. It all comes down to their perspective, what, what's most important to them. And so what I hear you also saying is that you're a big brother. And as a big sister, I know what it's like to carry the flag. So can you 
Tell everybody a little bit about that experience because I know you have some pretty unique experiences with your brothers. Yeah, being the oldest, um, you carry a lot. And uh, I think it's important to note that, right? It's not, it hasn't been easy. For me, I, I look back and I think about the why. Why am I pursuing education? Aside from being able to position yourself in a job and make more money than if you didn't have a degree, I want to achieve the highest educational level for, for everyone who's younger than me to be able to say like, hey, someone did it already, you know, and so can I. People could look at me and be like, he did it. I could do that too and raise the bar higher. And so in raising the bar higher, how have your um, younger siblings taken to their big brother out here making big moves? What have they been doing now, maybe in preparing for their own journeys? Yeah, younger brothers are interesting. They might not hear advice, but they watch what you're doing. Exactly. So I think my younger brothers, they, they make it very clear. They're very independent how I was. You know, our parents taught us good worth ethic, and then they taught us the importance of being independent. So they never really seek out to me for advice, but they always pay attention to what I'm doing. And I think um, when you're doing great things, that, that rubs off on them, right? You know, my Cesar Lopez graduated from community college as well, but he's an electrician now, but he at least tried it. Alex Lopez, who's the third oldest brother, tried college and then decided it's not for him. So he's doing something else, but he's just trying it, right? And then my youngest brother, who I believe I've had the most influence on, was a better high school student than me and then transferred to the same community college, followed my exact same footsteps. You know, a higher GPA, a 4.0 student body president, just like me. All the honor society. So without me even saying anything or like suggesting, oh, you should do that, you know, but he has observed me and he's seen what has come along with following up a road like mine. And I'm just grateful to see that impact already. It hasn't even been a generational shift. He's already set the bar higher than me. you've been able to maintain being a graduate assistant, your full-time master's program? How are you balancing things? You learn. You're learning as you're doing. And I think what people don't realize when you're first-gen low-income like me, you're going to college, managing a job, and then building your network all in one. And it, it could be very difficult. There is no perfect advice to that question, but for me in particular, it's just taking on opportunities. Oftentimes they're scary, like this opportunity here in Northwestern. I wasn't sure if I was the most qualified candidate. All I know is that I was willing to learn and that I would give it my all. I think I was able to translate that message during my interview, and I think that's why I'm here. I wasn't afraid to fail or, or learn. And then it's just optimism. You got to try. You got to put work behind that prayer, right? What would you say is next for you? What's after graduation? It's been six years uh, being in college. I've worked every summer, and I've taken classes every summer for the last six years. So it's been school for six years, year-round. And I think I'm at the point now that I've gained enough experience. I want to enter the market. I want to, to work in higher education, truly start that uh, professional life. Do I see a PhD in the future or EDD? Perhaps. You can never close a door on something like that. But I think given my current state, I want to start working in the field of education because I feel like I could bring so much value. Once you graduate with your master's, you're already part of a very small percentage of folks of color who even reach that level. It's important that I go back to my community and already show them that uh, they could do it as well. I love that you're going to go back to your community and continue paving the way. Could you speak more on your transition between community college and then up to the point of being here at Northwestern? 
Yeah. So if I think about it, I transitioned into community college. Then I transitioned into university, out of state. Then I transitioned to an uh, HSI in Chicago. And then I transitioned to Northwestern. You know, there's been multiple transitions already. And each one has taught me something. I think, once again, you don't really know how it's going to be. There's a lot of learning curve, you know, whether it's time management, whether it's commuting, et cetera. But uh, the transition uh, from a community college to, to say, a, a Northwestern, a very dramatic transition, right? But I think, um, you know, my experiences have allowed me to adapt at, at any environment. I think I was very involved at a community college, and I carry that professionalism and that academia language that is used here in Northwestern. I learned that very early on in, in the board meetings as a student body president. So I think that definitely helped me coming to a space like Northwestern where a professionalism and, um, is carried so, so well across the campus. Could you speak a little bit more to your specific graduate program right now and how the way you have moved through the world influences the work that you want to do yeah, that's an excellent question. I think uh, identity has always, um, whether I knew it or not, guided me. You know, being first and low income Latinx student, older brother, really has always carried me. The community college, I was involved with um, the All Land Alliance, which is a club there at campus. And then I transferred to Indiana University Northwest, where I, I refounded the Latino Enhancement Cooperative. And then I transitioned to, North, to Northeastern Illinois University, specifically their Engaging Latino Community and Education program. It made sense for me to pursue a program where the majority of the professors identify as Latinx because growing up throughout my entire educational career, I only had one Latino professor, and that was in Latinx studies at IUN. So I think for all my classes now at a master's level, to be taught from someone who identifies being Latinx with a PhD is one of the main attraction points that brought me to Northeastern. But once again, identity being tied in. And then even to my work here at Northwestern, graduate assistant working with the Latinx population here, you know, it's, it's always followed me. But I believe in being the change you want to see in your community. Do you have any advice for people who feel frustrated with the more linear educational or professional trajectories? There's a lot of pressure as soon as you graduate high school to go into college. And do I see the value of a college degree? Absolutely. But is it for everyone? No, not necessarily. For people who find that education is not for them, that's, it's not the only way. You know, my brother graduated from community college, but then decided to be an electrician. He had leverage of associate's degree that allowed him to position himself to be an electrician a little better, I thought. But for my brother who didn't finish community college, I see him and I'm still supporting him. Just because you didn't get a college degree doesn't mean you can't be successful. Doesn't mean you can't thrive somewhere else. But we definitely have to put work you know, behind it and let's see what, what interests you. Find support of people who believe in you, college-bound or not. Having a support system is important. I definitely agree. I'm always brought back to my father's story. He had an eighth-grade education, but he was the smartest man that I knew. He went on to pursue the military, so he entered into the Marine Corps at a time before Vietnam. Did three tours in Vietnam in reconnaissance. Be became a skilled, I would say, marksman. Um, but also, after exiting the military, pursued law enforcement. Again, you know, with an eighth grade education, people would kind of look at that and say, wow, your dad did a lot. Yeah, he retired from doing law enforcement. And I can think of many other folks in my neighborhood and community who were tradespeople, who were electricians, plumbers, folks who went through unions and built their networks through that way, which may not seem like the traditional route that is being touted, but still 
salaries are amazing mm. in, in trades as well. And I think um, what you said as far as like building your network and finding those folks to support you is really important. I also think that life is not linear mm-hmm. um, and being able to to be flexible and figure out what's your best move. And if that's going to be what you are most passionate about, that's always going to possibly take you down a nonlinear path. Folks say, like, be comfortable being uncomfortable. I don't think that that is far removed from either experience being going down a trade pathway or another industry or occupation versus going down higher education because clearly I've had opportunities to go this way and that way and and just ended up here by chance this was not a linear pathway for me I agree with everything you just said and also uh, patience there's so much pressure that you need to have everything figured out by the age of 23 24 25 why? Where you need to be working, how much you're supposed to be making, your education. Why? You know, I, I think these are pressures that are put on society, but that sometimes we, we fall into. You know, you could be whatever you want to be and you preach patience and you put in the work. Eventually, you're going to find something that you love doing. That's good. Thank you both so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And if you want to follow up with either Emmanuel or Diana, they can both be found in the temporary black house. for listening to us on Scripted Stories. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Support for this podcast is provided by Joe Scaletti, MS Allen, Sydney Hastings-Smith, Saeed Resco, Alex Mana, Austin Gardner, Rafael Contreras, Juliet Sparza, with support from Vishnu Venagopal, Linda Luck, and Aaron Golden. Subscribe to hear more from us 